Dr. Nate here again on the EM Stud Podcast. First of all, congrats to all of the M4s out there who just matched into emergency medicine. Graduation is right around the corner, and then you'll be off to start perhaps the most exciting part of your training. But for this episode, we're going to talk about something a little bit different and yet still very relevant to emergency medicine, and that is the role of the pharmacist in the ED. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute, I'm in medical school, not pharmacy school. I'm training to be an emergency physician, and quite frankly, don't pharmacists just work in the hospital basement or at Walgreens? Well, yes, they do work in those places, but whether you've seen them around or worked with them yet on your clinical rotations, pharmacists are, in fact, all over the hospital. They play a key role on the wards, in the ICUs, in the outpatient clinics, where they provide a number of services not simply limited to the verification and dispensing of medications. Pharmacists are at the bedside, integrated in our teams, reviewing therapies and making real-time clinical decisions alongside physicians and other specialists every day. And in emergency medicine, pharmacists are becoming increasingly prevalent, not just for medication review or reconciliation, but also in reviewing treatment strategies, reducing medication errors, and providing quality care for our patients. And so if you're going into emergency medicine, I think it is incredibly useful to, at the very least, be aware of what pharmacists do and how they can be a tremendous resource for you in your future clinical practice. And if I happen to have any pharmacy students listening in, granted this is the opinion of a humble physician, emergency medicine specialty practice might just be that exciting career choice you're looking for. Alright, so what do our pharmacists do? Emergency medicine pharmacists, or EMPs, have actually been around since at least the 1970s, and as emergency departments have grown to become more complex, their role has evolved. In 2008, the ASHP, or American Society of Health System Pharmacists, released a statement advocating pharmacy services in the ED. In it, they described the role of the pharmacist to include working with emergency physicians, nurses, and other healthcare providers to develop and monitor systems that promote safe and effective medication use, especially for high-risk patients and procedures, collaborating with other providers to promote evidence-based medication use aligned with national quality indicators, participation in the selection, implementation, and monitoring of technology related to medication use, providing direct patient care as a part of an interdisciplinary team, participating in or leading efforts in emergency preparedness and quality improvement initiatives, providing education for patients, caregivers, and healthcare professionals about safe and effective medication use, and conducting ED-based research. In my opinion, the real benefit, the day-to-day impact of EMPs in the ED is all about patient safety. Think about it. Not only is the emergency department often a fast-paced, high-volume, chaotic environment filled with interruptions and non-linear workflow to begin with, but the very nature of what we do involves taking care of the sickest of the sick, the severely ill and injured. Patients may show up without a name, without a history, and certainly without a complete and accurate medication list. And as a future emergency physician, it will then be your job to employ everything at your disposal to stabilize these patients. The medications we use in particular can very rapidly raise or lower someone's blood pressure, for example, reverse a lethal arrhythmia, profoundly depress someone's CNS function, or even make someone stop breathing altogether. 
and without time on our side in some cases, making minute-to-minute or sometimes even second-to-second decisions means that the meds we're using have to be readily available and sometimes even by verbal order. We're often an exception to the Joint Commission requirement that a pharmacist review all medications prior to administration because of the urgent situations in which we care for our patients. But none of us is perfect, and preventing adverse drug events and medication errors is something that EMPs can help with by being readily available in the ED. Their presence in assessing patients, monitoring therapies, Participating in resuscitations and offering guidance is an invaluable resource to have, especially for high-risk patients with issues related to infectious disease, trauma, anticoagulation, and toxicologic emergencies, just to name a few. And I'm certainly not the only one who's a fan of EMPs. Just this last October in Chicago, ASEP passed a resolution at its annual scientific assembly supporting clinical pharmacy services in the EDs, collaboration with emergency medicine providers in promoting evidence-based practices in clinical research, and pharmacy residency training in emergency medicine. For more on EM pharmacy practice, I recently had the chance to sit down with our very own EM pharmacist here at VCU. So I have with me here today Tammy Wien, PharmD BCPS, Clinical Assistant Professor in the VCU School of Pharmacy and the School of Medicine, and Clinical Pharmacy Specialist in Emergency Medicine. Tammy, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Now, I know you are a little bit nervous about uh, coming on the show, so I promise I'll uh, try to go easy on you here. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so to start off, tell me uh, just a little bit about your background. Where did you do your training? So I did two years of undergrad in pre-pharmacy at the University of Illinois at Chicago. And then I did four years of pharmacy school, obtained my PharmD at the University of Illinois College of Pharmacy. After the four years of the PharmD, if that wasn't enough, I did one year general uh, pharmacy residency at the University of Illinois College of Pharmacy, and then did a second year specialized in emergency medicine, also at the University of Illinois College of Pharmacy. Currently, as you mentioned before, I'm the clinical pharmacy specialist in emergency medicine at VCU. So you actually did your pharmacy residency training in emergency medicine. What, what was that like? So when you're a pharmacist, you're a PharmD and you do one general uh, year of residency, you're trained to be kind of a general clinician. If you want to be at the bedside, optimizing therapy, taking care of patients, rounding, you actually have to specialize. And there's different specialties, including critical care, oncology, ambulatory care, and one of those is emergency medicine. So I chose emergency medicine. Was there uh, something about working uh, in an emergency department that really just kind of sucked you in and you're like, man, I really want to be in the emergency department, just like all those cool ED docs? So I never considered a career in emergency medicine. When I was in pharmacy school, I took a critical care elective and I took critical care rotations. And I loved, I thought I was going to be in the ICU. I thought I was going to be rounding. Um, Do you like rounding? <laughs> so I hate rounding. I, what happened was my PGY one year, they didn't have room for me in the ICUs. So during my residency, they stuck me in the ER. The ER kicked my butt. I was expected to know all these disease states, how to treat them, whether it was sepsis, whether it was irritable bowel syndrome. It felt like every single answer I had was, I don't know. But it was dynamic. It was changing. I got to see so many things that I never had seen before. And then when I went to the ICU the next month, I thought it was great for the first couple of days. And then after the four hours of rounding got to me, I'm like, well, this is pretty boring. 
And so I decided I wanted to go into emergency medicine. Where we don't round. Where we don't round. We just see patients. So let me ask you, I talked a little bit about this in the intro, but I kind of want to hear it from you uh, in your words. What is it uh, that you do exactly? So emergency medicine for pharmacies, a relatively new idea. The Joint Commission, the reason why it came about is because the Joint Commission said, you know what, the ER is a high risk area for medication errors, right? High stress, high acuity, uh, provider patient ratios pretty much at the extremes. And so they said they want as many orders as possible prospectively be reviewed by a pharmacist. And that continued to the fact that physicians said, hey, you know, we need a clinical pharmacist in the emergency department. There's two types of clinical pharmacy currently um, that's being kind of propagated right now. There's your emergency medicine pharmacist that does more medication histories, medication reconciliation, verification of orders. Um, that's how they bring their value. Where I trained and what I do at VCU is that I participate in care at the patient's bedside with the physicians. Right, so we do have pharmacists that kind of go room to room and talk to patients about their medications and say, hey man, what are you actually taking? Is there a way that we can improve your, your medication regimen? Let's just make sure that we have everything recorded correctly. But that's that's not what you do, right? So your, your role is a little bit different. My role is prospectively reviewing patients, talking with the providers, and identifying areas that we can optimize therapy. Anyone can read a guideline and say, hey, this is what we need to do for meningitis. What I do is I actually go through these patients and say, hey, what is the best therapy that we can do? What is above the average that we can do? Um, I participate in medical emergencies, so I'm normally at the bedside evaluating the patients alongside the provider and providing recommendations about what I think is possibly happening and what we can do to help treat or manage the process. And uh, that is such uh, an important role, at least in my opinion. I mean, I, you know that I don't know anything about drugs, and I know that you know that I don't know anything about That's drugs, not which true. is uh, what makes you so incredibly helpful. Um, but just to play devil's advocate for a second, um, why not just stick with the model where when I'm discharging patients, just leave it up to the pharmacist at uh, Walgreens or CVS or Target or wherever, just leave it up to them to kind of take a look at my prescription to make sure it makes sense and then uh, let them kind of be that safety net at that point. You know, those pharmacists who work in the community, they have a really tough job. They have to verify and fill the prescriptions without really knowing that much about the patient, except that the physician wrote this prescription that the patient needs. It's almost like a blind trust. I consider my job almost easier in a lot of ways because I'm at the bedside with you guys. I'm assessing the patient and saying, oh, I know what's going on. I understand why you're giving this medication. Or I'm asking, hey, maybe we should give this other medication. It's very different. I think those community pharmacists, they work so hard, but they're really checking for safety. What I do is try to optimize as much as possible. Now, you also have uh, an incredibly important role in educating our medical students, our pharmacy students, our uh, emergency medicine residents and pharmacy residents. What kind of goals do you typically have for them? What is it that you're uh, training them to do and how to do it? You know, I think my goals for each group are different. For the pharmacy students, I'm exposing them to the ER, a different dynamic with regards to how we can take care of patients and what the pharmacist's role is there. For the pharmacy residents, I want them to be making therapeutic interventions 
prospectively reviewing patients and interacting with the physicians, the nurses, the medics, all of the healthcare providers in the emergency department to find a way to improve patient care from a pharmacy level. With regards to the medical residents, every time I give them a lecture, I really want them to take two or three things that they can put into practice the next time that they're on shift. Um, whether we're talking about anaphylaxis and why epinephrine IM is better than sub-Q, um, whether we're talking about sepsis and why it's so important to get antibiotics in as soon as possible. That's really my goal for the ED medical residents, that they step out of a lecture that I give or a small group that I do with something that they can use the next time they're on service. So you mentioned this uh, a few minutes ago that you are actively participating in our acute medical resuscitations and trauma resuscitations and that you're at the bedside with us helping us make decisions as to what pharmacological therapy is uh, best for that specific patient. What are some of your priorities at the bedside? My priorities are always patient safety. If we are giving epinephrine during a code, knowing whether the patient has a pulse or not, because that dose of epinephrine is going to change significantly based on whether they have a pulse or not. And sometimes I think that gets lost in the excitement and the energy all those high-risk meds like epinephrine, insulin, heparin, etc. My goal is to always make sure that we're giving safe and effective doses. Those are my high alert, what I'm going to focus on. But I'm also going to focus on things that we can do to optimize the patient's care. So for rapid sequence intubation, if the patient has asthma and they're having significant bronchoconstriction, our kind of go-to standard is atomidate and rocuronium as our paralytic. But why not use ketamine? Why not use ketamine as our induction agent and get some bronchodilatation? So you are a ketamine fan. I am a big ketamine fan. Awesome. So it's not wrong to use atomidate and rocuronium. You're probably going to do just fine with regards to the intubation conditions. But why not use ketamine and kind of get that additional therapeutic benefit? If you had to pick your favorite drug ever... Which one would it be? Oh, man. Favorite drug ever. I'm a big fan of ketamine. I'm a big fan of fentanyl. Um, I like a lot of the drugs. I have a lot of fun with uh, learning about them and figuring out new ways to utilize them. So I don't know, it's like choosing your favorite child. <laughs> Not Dilaudid? Uh, I think Dilaudid hydromorphone has its place. Anyway, <laughs> if there was one word of advice that you'd like to share with all of us providers in the emergency department, what would it be? Like when you're not here, when you're not here and we're left to, um, you know, our own devices to try and figure out what medications we're giving and at what dose and everything else, like what, what would you say to us if you were able to be there in the middle of a resuscitation, uh, say at like two o'clock in the morning? You know, I think as providers, as you guys have a huge responsibility um, with regards to all the diagnostic procedures you guys do in addition to the prescribing the therapies that are necessary. And a lot of times in pharmacy, from an IT perspective, we try to make it as easy for you guys to enter those orders, like the standard Cepheme two-gram dose one time. Just It's one button click and it's ordered. I would say for those medications that are not as familiar, to take those extra five minutes, look up that correct dose because it will save you a pharmacy phone call, it will save you a reject order, and it'll probably, you'll probably get the medications like one or two hours faster 
than if you just say, oh, I don't know, I think this is a dose. If it's wrong, pharmacy will call me. Those pharmacists who are verifying those orders downstairs, they have a lot of orders to verify. And hopefully they will call you if the order is wrong. But please do not depend on that as um, your sole source of checking. So just for the record, uh, you're okay with me ordering things in scruples, right? We have had this conversation 50 times or more, and the answer is no. You can't even order it in the computer. One, one to two scruples for any medication. You heard it here first. It's an effective dose. I'd like to see you type that out, and I want to see the phone call that you get. Um, are you happy with your I career decision? I am happy. I, I come into my job, and I love it. I love working with the EM physicians, the nurses, the medics, the care partners, um, the other pharmacy clinical pharmacy personnel, there's never a day that I come in, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to go to work. The great thing about the ER is it's such a dynamic atmosphere. The patients that you see will change constantly. It's a big responsibility. It's overwhelming sometimes when you have 90 plus patients in the emergency department and then all these other critical medical patients come in. But it keeps the adrenaline going. It keeps me on top. Uh, you guys, as physicians with your drug information questions push me every day. I have loads of reading to do every day. It's a fun job to work alongside these great um, healthcare providers and to treat patients at the bedside and to talk with them and laugh or cry with them. So in a few months, we're going to have a whole new group who are entering the uh, clinical areas for the first time, working with all sorts of members on a multidisciplinary team, pharmacists, pharmacy students, techs, nurses, all sorts of people. Do you have any advice that you would give them about specifically working with pharmacists? What's the advantage of working with a pharmacist? So you're a new intern coming into a team, and your team includes a pharmacist. That pharmacist can be a great friend. They're a great resource for you, especially when you're trying to navigate so many other things. They will try to save you as much as possible. Um, especially with pharmacy residents who are coming in and learning beside you as well. They're also trying to navigate everything. And I think a lot of times you guys will learn to bond over kind of the confusion that is the, the healthcare system. Be nice to your pharmacist. When you're nice to your pharmacist, they will be more willing to come talk to you and ask you questions that may not be easy to answer, but um, will provide a, a different way of looking at things and possibly give you new thoughts on your patient. They will also fix your medication errors and make sure that they don't get to the patient. Um, just be nice to them. They work really hard. They've done a lot of training. A lot of your pharmacists have a significant amount of clinical experience. Um, so there's a lot that I think we from pharmacy and from medicine and nursing, everyone else can learn from each other. Any words of advice for uh, perhaps the pharmacy students out there considering uh, emergency medicine practice? I would say consider as a career. I'm one of those people that can't sit in a chair for more than possibly 10 minutes. It's a struggle. Even then I'm like, yes, we know. Yeah, jumping up and down, um, running around. It is such a challenging atmosphere, but it's so much fun. It pushes you in such different ways to keep up with the literature, to keep up with your different therapies. If you're one of those people that can't round, like Nate Lewis and myself, um, consider emergency medicine. I think it's a 
it's a great career path. I do not regret it at all. I love every second of it. The ER is a team-based atmosphere at VCU, um, and I'm sure in other ERs across the country. So just working side by side with the other's providers in a more team-based approach is a great learning environment, a great teaching environment, and just a great career path in general. So bottom line, get to know your ED pharmacist. They can be an enormous resource to help you help your patients and ultimately help make our ED safer and more efficient. If you'd like to learn more about ED Pharmacy, then visit our website at www.emstud.com for links to some of my personal favorites in the world of free open access medical education. Also, don't forget that if you're a fan of the podcast, you can like us on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, or subscribe on iTunes. Tune in next time for more from EM Studs.